This episode of The Get Down is brought to you by Digital Music Pool. Digital Music Pool is the ultimate record pool for professional DJs looking for the hottest tracks and exclusive hits updated daily in an easy-to-use platform. You can find exclusive edits from myself, Cream, Adam B., Andrew Marks, Angela the Kid, Champion, Castra, and Pat C., only on DMP, and we're giving you a chance to try their service for just $9.99 for the first month and $24.99 each additional month. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes or on the Get Down or Cream Instagram pages, create an account, and enter the promo code CREAM at checkout for your discounted month. DMP is my go-to site when downloading new music, so become a member for just $9.99 for the first month with the code CREAM. You will not be disappointed. Click the link in the show notes or on the Get Down or Cream Instagram pages to sign up now. This episode, we have Philly and South Jersey-based DJ producer Nine on the podcast. Nine has been doing his thing, playing shows regionally and his home market of Philly for over 15 years. He holds down a radio show on Philly's Q102 and iHeartRadio every Saturday and is the official DJ of the Philadelphia Phillies baseball team. But recently, he's been on tour with DJ Pauly D playing shows in different cities every single weekend. This episode, we talk about life on the road, a tough decision between going on tour and holding it down as the Phillies official DJ, his side hustle as a graphic designer, and what it's like coming home after getting the royal treatment on tour. Let's get into this episode of The Get Down with Nine. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome to the 85th episode of The Get Down. My name is Cream. Gary W. here. We have a guest this week. We haven't had a guest in a while, but big shout to the my boy, Nine. Nine, hey, what's up, man? What's up, guys? <laughs> Happy Thanks to for- be on here. Big fans of you guys, for real. I know. We texted you the other day. I'm like, yo, you want to jump on the pod? He's like, I listen to our watch all the yeah, time. What? Of course I want to jump on. <laughs> I'm, I'm, sh- I'm shocked still how many people that we no, talk man. to listen to no. You don't understand. Like, I'll literally refresh my YouTube subscription, like whoever I follow, and I'm like, "Did they post one yet?" Because I need, I need, them to, I need to watch a new one. I'll watch old ones, like ones I've already seen. I'm not even joking with you. <laughs> I, do, I do that. I do that with a few podcasts of mine. I watched one twice yesterday. There's just something so comparable that you guys say all the things that you guys say all the time that I just like. I relate to so vividly. It's insane that like I like it a lot. I really do. I feel like we're all similarly of the amount of years in the game are probably pretty close. I know like we're pretty yeah. close in, in where we started. I remember when I first started, like I was downloading your edits and that's kind of how, how I first knew your name. I don't even remember mm-hmm. how we met, but I know it was like, around the same time. Yeah. I don't, that's, yeah, that's a, that's, yeah, that's a, that's a guess. I'm not really sure where we first met. It's hmm, funny how that works. That. Yeah. <laughs> super strange. <laughs> so. But this is so, awesome. So yeah, I, we appreciate you listening to the pod for sure. We appreciate all you guys listening to the pod. Like we always talk about Gary and I love doing this and it's it's great to like just talk shop with someone else who is in the same boat, right? And can like bring yeah. same st- style of ideas and, and experience mm-hmm. to the table. So thanks for jumping on. Yeah, of um, So your newest thing that's happening in your life, I mean, you have a huge jump here. You're now <laughs> touring with Paul E.D. <laughs> yeah, super aggressive. That happened Congrats, literally. Man. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, no, it's, it's awesome. It, like, it happened in a, a phone call. That was it. <laughs> uh, it was like, um, I'll try to make a long story short the best I can, but uh, it was like the end of February. Um, 
I woke up to like two missed calls, two FaceTimes from his tour manager. Uh, do you know, do you know, do you guys know who Danny rocks is that was doing it for Paulie for like 10, 11 years or so? I do know Danny. I, I didn't yeah. know that he was his tour manager though. Oh no. So he was, his tour manager also hit me up too. As oh, well okay, as okay, Danny. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, kind of just, uh, uh, to again make a long story short he was kind of just like the gig is yours if you want it man like let's go and i was like okay hold on and this is exactly 48 hours after i got the phillies opportunity so i was like what the hell do i do <laughs> it was bad like i was talking to my fiance ray and i was like i don't know how to go about this like what do i do stars aligned and you know they wound up working out but i went from the end of February, having my own gigs booked in March and April, one of them being Birch. Remember me calling you? Being yeah. like, dude, I'm so sorry, <laughs> but Polly called me. <laughs> I, I, I hate, I always hate doing that. We always hate canceling on anything, you know what I mean? For any opportunity, but I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, please have me back again. Yeah, it didn't phase me. I said it to you on the phone. I'm like, bro, yeah, of course, man. Go I do know. what you got to do. Like, it's, like <laughs> how, how apologetic I am. I'm like, yo, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I know you don't care, but I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> And then I have to call all those venues to be like, look, like this has come up where, you know, I'm gone now. And everyone was super like appreciative and like they were supportive, you know? Yeah. So but, let's take, yeah, take a step crazy. back. I, uh, like, <clears throat> I know you were, you played with Paulie a bit at NAC and a few other places. Was that, was that due to a relationship you had or did you yeah. just have open for him? I, I known him since 2010. It wasn't, we knew each other through MySpace. We never met each other. But before Crook and Clan, there was a, a a music mashup site called Drama Mix. That's where I met Beat Breaker, Scooter, Danny Diggs. Crook and Clan, I think, existed, but like those guys weren't there yet. Um, this was like 2004 or five. Um, so Drama Drama Mix was built with guys that were the Drama Squad DJs. They were based out of Connecticut and Rhode Island. There was a website, and I was the first New Jersey mashup guy to be on their website. Paulie was one of them as well. So we kind of knew each other, sort of, but like never met. And it yeah. wasn't until Paulie started touring, he did the Roxy, which is now called Roar. You've been there, obviously. See you yep. play. Crushed it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we just, we met face to face. And Paulie was going from the Roxy to the pool, Howard's Pool, to do two shows in one day. And while we were at the Roxy, he was just like, yo, just follow us to the pool and come, like, come to the next show. Yeah. And I think Scooter was with me. And we're like, are we doing this? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, fuck it, let's go. And ever since then, we've been friends, literally. <laughs> so any opportunity I can like go to like Harris pool, if I have like a night off, uh, I used to go and check them out. Yeah. You know? We've hung so out at up. the pool a bunch. I feel like that's yeah. where we probably hung out the most. That might've been where I met you. Could be. Could <laughs> yeah. be. Yeah. You're probably playing and I pulled up on you or something like that. Um, but yeah. It's so funny over, though over... how, it's funny how like that opportunity of like, should we go? And now yeah. you're on tour with him. Like right, it's crazy right. how one of those really small decisions that maybe at the time you don't like, all right, well, I don't want to party. I don't feel like staying out late or whatever it might be. It's like, all right, well you, you made that decision and you went and all these years later, it's like, well now we're yeah, on tour dude. together. Like, <laughs> I mean, even then when he was asking like 2010, when he started touring, like you couldn't fit enough people in that, like in those, in any room that he played, it was just absolutely insane. You know, just like, the screams, it was like ear piercing. I'm like, this is dope as fuck. Yeah. You know, it's like, I want to, I want to be a part. I want to hear this. I want to see this. Like this, this environment is everything we want to DJ for. So I always wanted to be around it. It was dope as fuck, you know? And, and he's awesome too. So even like being around him, it's like, it's, it's fun, you know? 
So I always kept that connect with him. He was always like super nice. I mean, he is a, he's a great dude, you know, yeah. cool to hang. He's fun to hang out with. So I always wanted to keep the relationship. And then over time, Danny, uh, like he maybe had like a wedding he was in or something on the weekends and he couldn't make some of the trips or some of the gigs. So he would start calling me and I would do some like maybe like three or four a year, like starting in like 2017 or 18. And then more and more kept coming in because Danny got a little busier with other things he was doing. And then I guess over time, Danny just went to like maybe call it quits. So that's when the call came in. <laughs> that's that's such a huge uh, to go back like that. You made that very small decision and it made this really big impact on you. It's something that yeah. obviously I think that like it's one of the things that we try to push a lot on this podcast that maybe like prior to podcasts, like maybe you didn't realize maybe a lot of these younger DJs or coming up DJs don't realize that like that little split second decision can have this huge impact on your career years later, you know, and it it wasn't even my idea to go to the Roxy. It was scooters. He wanted to go and he tagged me. I I was like, yeah, I'll go. I'll go with you. So thanks, Scooter. <laughs> <laughs> Shout to Scooter. We've had Scooter on the show. <laughs> I don't know if he really knows. I don't even know if he really realizes that. <laughs> well, thanks, bud. <laughs> so yeah, super cool. No, that's dope, man. And like we we were talking a little bit off air um, about like what what it's like to really now be on the road because like we've all done some travel gigs and like yeah. it's fine and and you know sometimes it could be hard but it's cool to get out of your your market and go do something else but like you're really sure. on the road a lot so what's yeah. it like now going from being like a local artist that travels here and there to now like really being on the road I, I'll tell you what like I was saying to you jokingly I was like I wish this was ten years ago when I was a little bit younger but yeah. Uh, it's a nice refresh because, I mean, I've been in the Philly, you know, this whole area, uh, Philly, Atlantic City, um, Jersey, New York area for 17 years doing gigs, establishing all these great relationships to like taking it all away and doing this, which is like, it's cool. I've had relationships with all these people for so long that like, well, I was just telling you guys like to be able to be like, I'm going away for a long time. Is this cool? <laughs> and they're like, yes, absolutely. So that was, that, that was cool. But for the traveling aspect, it's crazy how his date's set up because he gets booked like we do as like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, maybe a random Tuesday, depending on where and when. Um, it's not set up like a Drake tour where you're going from Connecticut to Philly yeah. to, you know, if we can get there on time, we're doing it, you know? So there was a, there was a, for example, two Saturdays ago, we, we did a marquee in New York on Friday. We had to go up to Toronto the next day, which is not far, obviously, we you know. Uh, to do a day party from like three to five, we had to do marquee in Las Vegas that night. <laughs> when I, when I tell you the stress <laughs> we were under, it, it's, it, it's sickening to even say again that we even accomplished <laughs> this because in Toronto in Canada, they're super strict with the COVID stuff still. So we had to have a doctor come to our hotel to test us. Cause you have to get tested negative to get back to the States. Right. So normally you do it 24 hours before you leave. We had to do it. We were in Toronto for eight and a half hours. <laughs> so we were like, is this going to work? You know, with the testing, they were like, yeah. So before the show, we had a doctor come up. He tested us, obviously nerve wracking, making sure we tested negative, um, did the show, had to literally run to the airport and get, get on the flight. Luckily the flight was like 25 minutes behind, but we landed in Vegas that night at 1145. And I put Paulie on at one o'clock in the morning in the club. Wild, Jeez. wild. <laughs> And then I then I took a seven thirty flight back home to to, uh, to Philly. 
Yeah. It's so a- absolutely exhausting. I that just. Was- I just wild. did, and like to no scale of what you guys are doing. But like, I yeah. I I flew in from Costa Rica like three weeks ago, back into mm-hmm. Jersey, and went from the airport right on set, and it was I just remember like you talking about that, yeah. And I was just like, this is absolutely absolutely exhausting. And then like this yeah. past weekend, did eight gigs, and then flew home, and like yesterday was completely out of commission. The fact that you guys do this, you know, on a weekly basis is crazy. But well, as you, you actually. Like, you actually had it worse, Gary, because you play longer than my sets. Like you're doing a whole DJ set for me going into it. Like I play 15 minutes, <laughs> you know, and, and then I could relax and hang out while Paulie's playing Paulie. Yeah. He's got to do the set, but like, you know, he's well seasoned, you know, he's yeah. Yeah. You know, I've never seen that dude yawn before. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's been on the road for a while. So I'm sure like he's figured out a way that works for him to like yeah. be able to do it and do it well and not, yeah. feel tired and, and jet lagged and whatever else. So, right. Right. Yeah. The time changing is something I'm still getting used to. That's wild. I mean, people obviously sleep on planes. I have a hard time sleeping on planes. I don't know about you guys, but it, I, that's something I really have to start getting used to. Cause that's, that's like the bulk of the times I can really sleep. Cause most gigs, if we have back to back to back or even back to back gigs, once the show's over, we always fly early in case of any delays Right. throughout the day or whatever like the earlier we can get to the next city the better so we're done at two or three in the morning we're getting picked up at 4 35 a.m to go to the airport so that's a nap right there right. From so the you have to sleep on the plane you have to there's no there's if you don't you're screwed so. like establishing a healthy regimen on the road is is imperative to being successful yeah. well rested all that yeah. stuff and it's something that i haven't done yet like when i'm traveling up to jersey right. to work it's just so 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 hard because there's so many moving parts whether you have a delay sure. can you can you you know if you work out regularly can you fit a workout in are yeah. you eating healthy 4 a.m how many healthy options are there oh yeah you know and i'm still of, and I, you're right man and i'm still so brand new that like I'll pass Burger King or I always, I always make this joke on uh, in Vegas in the airport. I always pass a Cinnabon <laughs> and I'm like, be strong, be strong. Be strong. <laughs> but no, like a lot of water, I, the guys are so well seasoned because it's only me, Paulie and his tour manager that, that uh, are on the road together flying. So they're well, like I said, they're well seasoned. So like they're eating healthy and I'm kind of like following them, whatever they choose to eat. I'm kind of picking the same things, you know, I'm not getting sucked into like, the late night eating and stuff like that. So that's kind of helping. So I think the other thing that we talked about off air, but like you said, like you're not really partying, you're not drinking really. Right. Like no. if, if you have a shot with the opening DJ, like that's kind of the extent of it because you, you have to. Yeah. Like the guys aren't drinking. Like if we're in Miami or something uh, like Dave, Dave Grootman, like he'll take us to one of his restaurants or something like that. So like, of course, like we're having like a couple shots or drinks during dinner and stuff like that. Or like even in Vegas, like Memorial Day weekend, like we partied, like yeah. and we haven't done that together in a while because we were at Tal Beach. That was his first time there. That was actually on Memorial Day. That was insane. Paulie Shore was there. I got to meet him. I'm gonna saw the photo. <laughs> I like. I don't get starstruck, but I'm like, dude, come here. We're taking this photo right now. <laughs> like, he, he took my number. He took. I took his number down immediately. He invited me and Ray to his house afterwards. <laughs> and that, yo, now he texts me regularly. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's so dope. It's fucking Paulie Shore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, the partying is very seldom, man. It, it has to be if you're going from michigan to texas to wherever it's like there's no point in even having drinks to get drunk when you have to get up early and stuff like that you know yeah, it's just not worth it right it's it's not 
it's really it's funny the rider comes out like the plastic is still on the bottle and shit. <laughs> like no one touched it yeah <laughs> So I know you, you said like, you're only really playing 15 minutes. So I'm just thinking like in my head, you have this, you're playing these incredible venues. There's a million people in front of you. They're going nuts and you only get to play 15 minutes. Do do you leave there? Like, damn, like that was great, but this sucks. (laughs) Like I don't get to play. I do. So what's funny, like a quick little rundown is um, like, once we land, there's always an itinerary of how the, the rundown goes of the show when we get picked up sound check. So every venue I go to, I have to go to soundcheck an hour before the doors open, whether we've been there for the first time or a hundred times. Cause you know, he has a lot of residencies where we repeatedly go to the same place. You still have to go. And it's, and it's easy because he's on CDJs now. So <clears throat> everything's hubbed. Uh, it's all just about setting up his laptop, making sure the CDJs work and stuff like that. So soundcheck takes 10 minutes, but I still have to physically go there, come back, wait five hours until showtime. I go there. I, there's always an opening DJ, obviously, or multiple. And I go there, set up his laptop. Um, I literally, I, yeah, I literally play like 15 to 10, 10 to 15 minutes before him. It's essentially just to make sure everything is working before he comes on and hits play. Yeah. But, uh, I was telling you too, like, there's no like DJ nine laptop anywhere. Everyone thinks that like I'm on the flyers and stuff like, no, like I'm there strictly for Paulie, you know, like that's my job. It's just, I have the ability to play a little bit beforehand. Yeah. Paulie doesn't care. He's like, uh, the Nickelodeon, sh- it's funny, the Nickelodeon show we did, which was massive. Out Over the, here. Uh, at yeah, Dream. Oh my God, that was insane. Um, Paulie was like, yo, go downstairs and play. I'm like, we have 45 minutes until you go on. He goes, go. <laughs> I was like, all right. Nikki was playing. So we were messing around. Nikki Riz was playing. So that was dope. So certain situations, like he's like, yo, go play. Like rock yeah. out, you know? Dope. So it's cool. But I only have so many songs on this laptop. So you got you got to bring like a USB with your with your tracks or something and just like yeah, drag them over. You're right. Sometimes or just put a you, folder. Yeah, you know what's you know what's getting to now since we play. It's a different crowd every single time that we play, which is awesome too. Like in our regard, like you're not seeing the same people. You know, I'm not going into these Philly clubs and dabbing up everyone from every <laughs> VIP table. Yeah. You know, oh my god, that's so refreshing. I love that. <laughs> but um, it's like I'm starting to actually have like a set list now of like how like my little show goes before he goes on it's like catered towards him starting up but like not stepping on his toes i remember the i remember one show in boston um i think i played like i, I oh i played olive oils like um uh, i kind of pop i love it into like what's up suckers or whatever and like literally paulie's second song was i love it i kind of pop and i'm like see man like i didn't know you were gonna go there yeah <laughs> You know, I'm the king of not wanting to step on toes, you know, like we all are. But um, I was like, let me actually look at his crate because he's every time he comes on, uh, I have to like uh, go to his crate where he's going to like kind of start his night and he'll kind of follow that for like a couple songs, very high energy, super dope. And then he kind of trails off and starts typing songs in. I need to start looking at that crate and seeing what his first five are (laughs) just for peace of mind. But yeah, I still get at a quick, at a, at a quick curiosity, like are his yeah. Jersey shows, uh, are, are they, is the crowd bigger than his other shows? I, it's just Paulie, Paulie's like tour, like the way he tours is very interesting to me. If like, is he like, what, what is his draw outside of this it's area? Wild. It's wild. So obviously he, he kills in Jersey. So like that Nickelodeon show, I think they've only had shows there. It was like Tiesto, Aoki, of course, he crushed ticket sales because he's he was he's going to win in Jersey, you know. Yeah. 
over any act that's going to come through there or to play any show. But I mean, he sells out everywhere, dude. You would think like Vegas and Miami, which are like just hubs of partying that like people would be there, but it's not going to be like these, the, the diehard loyal fans, but they are, they really are. It's insane. Like the screams still, the screams that you hear when I announce his name is literally ear piercing. It's like you have to cover your ears. It's like that loud. It's cool, man. His age demographic is even bigger now than it was before. Because you have people that are like our age that have watched it when we were like in college or whatever in what, 2009? And then people that were watching Double Shot at Love, the New Jersey Shore now that are 21 years old. So he has that whole wide range of people that can fill the room. I want to throw this out there, but is Paulie D like the single number one like hard ticket seller in the US? Because I think he might be. In terms of what he brings to the table, it's a really good package, you know, because he's that popular, you know, he's like, how would you describe? I don't really think too much about it, but no one gets, I don't think any DJ gets a response the way they do when he comes out to play. I mean, of course he doesn't have his own original production, but that doesn't matter. (laughs) It's just that the party is that much, is just that crazier, you know? Um, and that's why he's so consistent. Yeah. He's a, you know, it's, it's wild. It's great. And he gives a shit too. You know, it's not like he knows that people are there just to see him. Like he's downloading new music. He's setting up his set and everything. Like he gives a shit. It's he, refreshing you know, really to did. hear that too, because yeah. I, I knew that he was that way, but it's refreshing to hear because there are so many like celebrity DJs that like just pop yeah. up because it's the cool thing to do, but he sure. actually cares and can DJ and made oh, edits yeah. and all that stuff. So like, I, I think like we as DJs sometimes hate on the celebrity DJ thing because they just pop up and they don't really know what's going on. But like Paulie's paid his dues and like he's been in the yeah. game and he is an actual DJ. So, yeah, you know, he's I think not, we can he all appreciate it. that. Yeah, he did it so much before he even got on the show. Like he yeah. was a regular DJ like we were, you know, he just used that as his commercial. Is know? he the biggest celebrity DJ of all time? Yeah. Yeah. Are right? you, are, who, are else, you who else would it be? You know, who comes to mind is Steve Aoki because he's like, sure, because he's like Benny Hanna royalty. So like that was his in, but like as in celebrity, as in like being on TV or film, I would, yeah, it would have to be, it would have to be Paul Z, right? I mean, do we bring out, do we even bother mentioning like Paris Hilton in terms of the fact that she started DJ? I thought of Paris. She was because she was such a huge pop culture, like icon quote unquote yeah, but there's so many gray areas with her djing that kind of eliminates like not right. that people care the way that we do technically but like all those things that kind of transpired with like somebody hit and play for her, whatever the case was and that one <laughs> yeah thing that went by, which was somebody probably just adjusting volume or whatever but like we oh, had beat breaker on and he's he's really close with her so he yeah. was telling us some stuff about like working with her and you know, her, that she wants to actually be good at DJing and making music and whatever else. So sure. Yeah. I, I don't I was doubt like, that. Yeah. That I was just at least refreshing re- to hear a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I just think response wise and like selling out and just like the energy in the room for a Pauly show, I think it's kind of unmatched, but comparably to Aoki, because, you know, the cake thing, all his, what he brings to the table, as far as just, instead of just playing music, it's the same, you know? Yeah. Or up right. there, you know. So yeah, I would say Aoki. So Over Polly, I, I don't know. Unbiased opinion, and I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm going to say no. I think <laughs> Polly. So I think Polly trumps it, man, because his shows are still crazy, man. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, his longevity has been crazy. How, yeah. You know, as you say, like his crowds are still not so then, yeah. you know, his hard ticket sales are around. And it's the a roof, good so. crowd too. It's like a clean, fun crowd. You know, he draws a good, decent crowd, you know, but you don't see many like, you know, jerks and, you know, people that really shouldn't be there. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, God, right. We just did a show. Actually, we just did a show in Buffalo on Sunday. And we, I think the doors open there at 11. It was like a day party right on the beach there, like up by like Niagara Falls. We got there at 4.30. So people have been drinking for five hours. I've never seen so many people get arrested. <laughs> really? Oh Buffalo has some rap right now for how hard they party. Yeah. I mean, look at their tailgates. You know what I mean? Right, so this, exactly. It's, it's to no surprise how they, uh, <laughs> how they get down. But it was, it was wild seeing everybody just get like kicked out. Because if you just shoved anybody, Buffalo PD was just like, you're out. You're out. And then if you did a little bit more because you were, you were pissed about getting kicked out, Little did they know they had handcuffs and then boom, you're out. Jeez. <laughs> not playing around. Not it playing around. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I want to bust your chops a little bit, right? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so I'm like checking out your Instagram. I'm like, man, this guy's like not only DJ, producer, tour DJ, you're now like social media brand ambassador out here. Oh, you know, God. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I see yeah, this guy holding up like a liquid IV thing. And I'm like, man, these opportunities are just popping I, up. Everything I hate <laughs> is happening. <laughs> no, no but I, I, I follow it up with a question. Like yeah. do you, now that you've been on tour and you're, you're playing a lot of bigger shows, are you seeing more local opportunities or other opportunities like this for advertising and stuff pop up? Um, yeah. I mean, in terms of that, uh, the liquid IV, it's, it's so, it's so funny how it happened. Cause I kind of lied a little bit. <laughs> But I've had that packet. They come in like little sugar packets or whatever, so to speak. Um, I had it in my travel bag for like three years and just never touched it. So my one boy was like, yo, you need to drink that. Like, it really works. So I'm like, okay. So I was in Maryland. I was doing my my own gig. I have to say that now. I was doing my own gig. That's <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Um, on last Monday. And I was like, I was pretty, I was pretty buzzed going back to the room. Like, Obviously, we want to avoid hangovers. He's like, drink that before you go to bed. I was like, all right, dude. I woke up feeling amazing. Like, I'm not I, even. I joking. have them also. I bought them. I uh, use them. So everyone uses them. I'm so late to the party. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I sent them a DM, and I was like, hey, I use your product all the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I'm on I'm on the road a lot, so it like really helps me. They're like, we just saw your social media. Do you want to be a brand ambassador? <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> So they sent me like boxes of stuff. A couple DJs days are like the perfect people yeah. to promote that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So they sent me stuff and then I try to get like another batch and like, I don't think it's free anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like here's your promo code nine. <laughs> yeah, literally, literally. I get, I, I had to put my own promo code in to, to buy my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, so besides stuff like that, but like realistically, you know, you, you go on the road, they roll out the red carpet, they'll give you anything you want, green yeah. rooms, riders, all that stuff. And you yeah. come back to, to Philly and Jersey. Are you seeing like better treatment? Cause I feel like we, when we go on the road as local DJs, you come back and it's like the same old, like, Oh, it's yeah. just cream. And it's just nine. It's just Gary. Like whatever. That's I think great- also, also to compound that question, is your expectation different when you come back? Uh, no, you know, what's funny. That's actually a great question because it's like probably such a topic of conversation when I come home anymore. Now it's like literally everyone, what they talk about, yeah. you know, oh my traveling man, fucking superstar rock star. I'm like, shut up. You don't understand how <laughs> tired I am right now. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just so everyone sees what just put on social media. You know what I mean? Like I, I like to even put 
when I'm getting to the, when I'm going to the airport at five 30 in the morning, like, look guys, y'all are sleeping. Here's my post. Like yeah. I'm not getting eight hours of sleep like you guys tonight, you know, but yeah, the treatment is everyone's, I mean, I, I have great relationships with everybody out here. So everyone's like super cool, you know, but that is like a top of conversation all of the, all the time when I'm home. Yeah. It's just like poly, 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 the road, the road, you know, so, but it's cool, you know? The relationships at home, the your relationship at home are, are you, you already created those by just being yeah. you, you know, being a good DJ, yeah. being a great dude, everybody yeah. likes you. So like, I know that's not going to change. Sure. I'm sure for some other DJs that aren't like you, it, it might be a little different, but you've yeah. done that legwork and played all those gigs and made all those networking connections to the point where it's like, yeah, it's just not yeah, he's like home a, and we're happy to see him. Yeah, for sure. There's younger guys that are out here right now that are starting to like make a buzz. They do this to me and shit when I walk in. I'm like, come on, get the fuck out of here. Like, come on, stop it. It's so weird. I don't like it at all. Yeah. It's weird. Because, you know, it's, you just don't see it that way, you know? But, so with, you, you're traveling, you know, with, with Paulie all the time, you're hearing his sets all the time. Have you, yeah. have you seen any of like his style leak into your DJing when you come back and play a full show? Like, are you impacted yes. at all? You guys, you guys ask great questions. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, a little bit more mic work. Cause like, I think I'm at the point now where I can pick and choose like the gigs that I really like to do anymore now around here. Like, the more fun spots and stuff. So like, obviously like they're always like pretty good parties. So I do catch myself getting on the mic a little bit more because Paulie lives on the microphone. Everyone like just loves to hear his voice, you know, and he, he likes to hype everybody up. So I kind of catch myself doing that a little bit more. I was never a mic guy. Cream. I think we're like the same. We're like very t- Gary. I haven't. I want to hear you, DJ man. I hear you kill it. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> king of really not getting on the mic at all. I, I, same, same. I was telling Same. Cream, I got on the mic at, at a couple of my events last weekend and I was like, you would have been real <laughs> proud of me. <laughs> Same. I know. Yeah, there's like those moments where it's like you got to do like that, that first birthday shout out. You're like, oh, I haven't talked yet <laughs> on the mic. Yeah, right. You know, right. it's like, no. But it's, it's, yeah, it's not so bad now. The, the it's, reason it's weird how that happens. The reason that question came up is because I got to play with Cream uh, two weeks ago in Atlanta. And then just saw like the, the small impact. I know this, we talk about it all the time, but like yeah. it's just being there and seeing, you know, your best friend do it. Um, I was like, you know, I was at a similar event the following weekend. I'm like, you know what? Just gonna, yeah. gonna go out and do it. <laughs> so like it, it impacted the way I played the following week. Oh, so that's awesome. So are you going to continue that pattern a little bit or I, is it just you know, when, I'm, when I'm feeling confident enough to do it? <laughs> yeah. I, I will say obviously drinks do help the cause a little bit or the help the, uh, Help that right. come in. Stone sober night. I'm not too sure how much of them on the mic he's getting. <laughs> I just post him. I actually just posted my live set. Uh, I always record every night I DJ. I always hit record. It's just a, it's like a part of my setting up process. And I'll try to find a pocket of like an hour, which usually always peak, obviously. Yeah. And I actually posted it from my Maryland gig, uh, Fagers Island. Dope spot on a Monday, by the way. It's nuts down there. Like it a Tiki like a and Jersey type uh, thing. Yeah, more. In, it's more inside, but like. Barre inside spitting gotcha. image gotcha spitting image so dope so i hit record and i just like i played it back and i posted it i'm like wait i was on the microphone a lot and, like <laughs> hearing myself back there's nothing worse than hearing yourself no. on a recording yeah of course like voicemails and shit <laughs> but, it was <laughs> but it's funny I mean, it's funny you said like you see you know you saw paulie do it and like gary watched me do it and i watch other people do it and when you're not DJing and you see the impact that it has sometimes, it's like, yeah. damn, I got to incorporate that into my set because it does work. And if you tastefully, 
Right. Tastefully, tastefully, because we all know the guys that are out there and on the mic the whole time. And that's just not us. Some people can do that and that's how they like to rock. But like, clearly the three of us are not like that. Nah, uh, I don't know if that's an old school thing. I don't know. Is it because the generational stuff? I'm not really too sure. Everyone's back then it was, it was like not frowned upon, but it was like, you rely, quote unquote, you rely on the microphone to be a good DJ. Like that was a stigma for a while. Um, And it's gotten away from that. You know, thank God. Is this where we start venting? (laughs) 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 Abort. (laughs) Yeah. No rants yet. No rants yet. No rants yet. No. (laughs) It it has changed. I feel like with festival culture and EDM DJs getting on the mic where EDM DJs, you admit I, yeah, I didn't know what Siesto sounded like forever. Right. Yeah. Heard him for 10, 12 years and was like, I have no idea what this guy sounds like. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. That's true. Um, And then it changed as, as like, the EDCs and all that, and you know, Izu and all that you know, stuff has popped up. You know, the, the, when EDM was like at its peak there, what, 2013 and stuff, all those festivals were coming out. The person that like I was blown away by, this is just side note, was Chucky. The I knew you were going to say that. I bro, knew you were going to say that. <laughs> he was my fa- he's literally my favorite. He's my favorite DJ. Like out of like all the, in that era and stuff like that, the way he was able to manipulate everything and like yeah. keep with the times. Incredible, dude. Holy he was shit. playing those big festivals and still being able to sneak in some like open format moments with none of those other guys were doing. Exactly. And that's, I think that's what obviously would stick to people like us too. You yeah. Know, the most, but yeah, caught, hell yeah. Caught him at like a couple panels. I don't know if it was like uh Miami music week or Atlantic city or something like that, but mm-hmm. he, he talked about like try, trying to stay versatile in, in those sets and, and trying to stay yeah. relevant doing that kind of stuff. He really did. interesting. Yeah, dude, for sure. Yeah. I always appreciated those guys. Seeing TJR mm-hmm. put videos of scratching up. Yep. I, I talked about it last podcast. I watched a, a TikTok of Mala, like mm-hmm. scratching a routine. I was like, holy shit, I didn't know he could do that. But like, so dope. I love that. I love seeing that and love seeing like the DJ specific stuff that these certain acts that aren't known for that can still do. And they have those, the roots of being a DJ, no matter what genre they're playing. I, yep, I just, absolutely. I love it. I love it. Yep. You're right. so I, I got a question because it's something that we talked about a lot in the last episode uh, was just adaptability in, in certain markets. Now, obviously, yeah. when you're on tour with Pauly, like it is it's a Pauly show and it's going to be like, you know, sure. whatever that is. But like when you travel to a different market, do you find that you need to adapt as much or? Yeah, even even simple, uh, even like simple locations like playing in Philly is a thousand percent different than playing uh, at Porta or Birch, you know, um, when I played at Birch, I was kind of, it was kind of a head scratcher for me because it was like Santa con that day. So everybody had been out there partying all day. So like, I kind of walked in at midnight. I'm like, you guys have been here for like six and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> and this is my first time. Like, Oh no. But to go to, but to, like, but going to Porta, how EDM heavy it is. Like, that's my, that's my pocket, man. Like that's where I'm the most comfortable I could play, and if I could dip down into hip hop to play twenty five percent of it, and still play the most EDM. Like you're hearing the best of me. Like, like there's what you heard at Porta is like that's what the Bucky does. You know what I yeah. mean? When I come in, when I play in Philly the most, I try to incorporate house music because, dude, no one else is. You know, like no, I don't hear it from anyone else. No one's doing it. So when I do it, I like to think it's kind of refreshing to the city a little bit, and it kind of sets me apart a little. You know, if, if anybody cared. But in Philly, it's so hip hop heavy to where when I go to the other cities, I'm assuming that I can play more than I can in Philly. So it's easier for me to leave the city 
and go play somewhere else. Yeah. Cause I have to be, cause it's hard to play in Philly. It's not easy. Cream. You've, you've done it multiple times. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really sure. You've talked about roar. I think vaguely, I think that's where I last saw you. Well, but. we had this conversation at roar. The, yeah. the last time I was there, we were talking about this because I think I went up and played a little bit of 128. And you're like, dude, it was refreshing to hear that because nobody in the city does it. And Thank last you. episode, I talked about how no matter where I am, no matter what the crowd is, I'm going to try and give that crowd a piece of myself, even if it's sure. for one or two songs. And like, even at Roar, I knew what the crowd wanted. Sure. I also knew that the owner loved EDM and I wanted to make a good impression on him. So I yeah. snuck a couple tracks in, but yeah, it, it's, it says a lot about you though, that you, what you just said, like, I want to play 75% EDM and 25% hip hop, but you can, Ideally. you play in Philly every weekend or you were playing in Philly every weekend, playing 90% yeah. hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> and like, And I don't think it should have ever changed because it's so crazy to go into uh, any other town and hear everything. I mean, Jersey, like I love Jersey. Like my heart will always be in Jersey and all those clubs. Like I started at Rutgers. So I was, I was adapting in North Jersey when I came up. So that whole area is like my pocket. But to be down in the Philly, like you would think that it would still travel, especially as DJs, like liking everything. But DJs in Philly are getting so accustomed to just, uh, I guess, falling into place. I don't even you know, like their their chances, their risk taking is playing songs that nobody knows in my regard. I don't know. I could be wrong, you know, yeah. in my own opinion, but like that's like their risk taking. And I'm like, I don't know what any of these songs are. <laughs> I'm like Shazam and still and shit. Yeah. It's man, it's, Philly needs a good EDM party, a weekly. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it's funny because I think I just saw Noto like on their Thursdays, which is like mostly their college night where like, you know, it's free admission and stuff like that. I just saw an EDM throwback party. I'm like, why am I not a part of this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, come on guys, let's go. <laughs> yeah, that so, would be perfect. That'd be amazing. What? I should just start it. <laughs> I feel, I feel yeah. like, I feel like risk taking in DJ sets recently to me. And I think we've, we've spoke about this. It's become, it's become less like you don't see as many guys taking risks. I don't know if that is a testament of ownership or management kind of being more on top of guys about what they're playing, which very well could be. Um, But I hate that, that, that that's like the fun of going to see different DJs is going to see them take their risks and what those risks are, you know, spot on dude. And you can like, I can almost pinpoint certain DJs, like four songs that is like, I have no idea why they would play that, but it worked and they found a way to, to make it right. Yeah. Um, And I feel like that's, that's kind of fallen off in recent times. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but. A lot of the um, premier places in Philadelphia, you know, your bottle service heavy type venues were always a, a home for DJs where if you made it into that room, it was because you do what you do and they like it. And I don't feel that way anymore. Some one of my favorite rooms was literally my favorite room. And it just it like kind of like shifted to where it's like, I, I'm, I think there's another favorite now just because musically how it just like kind of changed over like overnight, really. Like there was a moment where, um, I don't know about you guys, but like in the beginning of the night, I, I used to be like this like crazy like R and B sing along dude. Now I'm just like I want to be up tempo when people walk in. You know, it was a crazy shift for me, but like I love it so much more now. So like obviously, I know you guys love tech and stuff. Like that's been my lane for a minute now. Like I'm adapting so well to it that like now I'm obsessed. So I kind of keep that vibe in the early early point of the night, and I had everyone so early, which is like unheard of for this venue, and 
somebody higher up or higher or up came up and was like, can you get that Drake going now, man? And I'm like, dude, it's like 1120. Like, I mean, if this You're was like, like we're 12, moving, we're moving. Yeah. We're moving, dude. Like you see it, you know, but like, what are you supposed to say? Like, I'm better than you at this. Like, you know, it's like one of those things where I was like, man, this kind of sucks. Cause now you just want like the norm that every DJ is going in there and doing. And I'm like, like, you don't trust me, dude. Like, this is why I'm here. So yeah. it was like a first, like humble, it was like my first, like humbling experience in a while in Philly. Usually you just go into a room and just rock out, you know, you know how to play for the people, you know? It's frustrating. I mean, we're seeing it where some of our rooms are changing a little bit. And really? sometimes it's because there's different staff or a different manager and they, the direction just changes and it, they might not realize it, but it changes the whole like vibe of the room. Different people sure. are now coming in, your regulars change. And now it's like a whole new room and yeah, it, it, it right. sucks, but it's just part of the transitioning of like nothing lasts forever in nightlife, whether it's the actual venue or the style that the venue's playing like it's just it is think, what it is yeah i agree i don't know if it's like that with, with hoboken but i mean i know you guys control a lot of the bookings but does it depend on who the venue books so like you go there you rock out and then three weeks later four weeks later you're back again but those three weeks in between were like oh man so and so so and so you got to clean up the pieces pick up the pieces every time you know just based off of who they're playing or who they're putting in there and playing the room and yeah. kind of like for lack of a better term like ruining it you know we're lucky enough that the places that we where we work up here, we pretty much yeah. book also. So Good. we're kind of curating <laughs> the sound for the rooms based on who we're booking. That's awesome. Which it, it's a little different. Like all the venues are are different. So it's cool. We have certain guys that do really well in certain rooms and, you know, yeah. other guys do better in other rooms. And that's obviously our job to, to pick those people and figure that out. But see, that's the, I think that's the little messiness in Philly. Cause there's like, there's like clicks of DJs that have groups of, DJs that they all get along with and then but they're all sprinkled throughout the city like these different groups so it's like stepping on toes stepping on toes maybe this person doesn't really isn't ready for this room yet but there he is because he's available and it's it's messy a little bit yeah. I've been noticing you know honestly it kind of like pivots into uh when I got the call for Polly it's like you know what this might be a good time to like kind of do a hard reset and yeah you know move further now you know but. I think, like you said, it's good. You've reached a point, especially now where it's like, all right, you can go on the road and then you come home and pick and choose what you want to do. You play the best shows, you play the best paying yeah. shows and you yeah. play the rooms that you want to play. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I like to think that if I had like, cause there's pockets in Paulie's schedule where like there's a Friday available, like I'm off this Friday and I picked up a gig in Philly, yeah. you know? So there are those moments. And I, I like to think that I could be able to call up anybody and say, you know, I'll be in town and play if, if I wanted to, or just take the damn night off. Yeah. <laughs> Do you find so, do you find that taking a night off is difficult still? Uh yeah, I do like to see it filled. I'm very right. neurotic in that regard still. Um if I can't fill it, I'm not stressing. I used to stress. I used to be at home like, man, I'm a failure. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> you're, you can still go out and like talk to people and you're just like pissed cuz the DJ's working and you're not. <laughs> yeah. Shitty transition, bro, and it was like dope. <laughs> That's the hardest. That's the hardest part of going out, right? Is, is yeah. trying not to be judgmental. Yeah, all right. No, those those days are done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just talked trash about the DJ that was playing in between the artist at uh at the Ape Fest last uh, week. Did you? Uh, <laughs> I didn't talk trash. I just said like I would have expected someone who was more skilled than what they had yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. But 
<laughs> all right. So, all right. So we, we talked about like the Philly, the, the Phillies thing pop up, but we didn't really go into it. So oh uh, yeah, you got a call from the Phillies. Um, explain a little bit about that and then explain the decision you had to make Oof. after the poly call. Yeah, that was wild. So, um, the Phillies thing came up first. It was that end of February. I got an email and it had the Phillies logo. Now, normally it's like, I thought maybe it's just like a merchandising thing for Phillies, you know, t-shirts or whatever, but like, it was like an actual text. And I'm like, let me read this. They were looking for an in-stadium DJ for the 2022 uh, season. Um, and I'm like, oh shit, like this is like for real. So um, I set up a meeting with them like three days later at the ballpark. I sat with them for like an hour and a half. They were like, yeah, we want you to be like the official DJ, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, okay. So now I'm thinking like, that's 81 games. <laughs> yeah. And those homestands are nuts, right? Like eight to 10 games a week sometimes. And so I'm thinking, I'm like, all right, cha-ching, kind of, you know? So when I get, I'll tell you guys because you're all homies, but I literally, uh, I literally threw a number out and the dude almost fell out of his chair. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, man, aim high, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can always come down. <laughs> well, here's how, well, here's how it breaks down, which is why I gave them the, the strong amount. We're, the, the players want it the most. It got to a point last two seasons where when the player, when the Phillies are up for batting practice, there's just a Spotify playlist of like contemporary top 40 commercial stuff up in the press box. Players were throwing balls up at the window to get them to change the music. So they were like, we're tired of going to other cities and hearing like this energy with this DJ. They're like, we want that. So that's why the Phillies reached out. And um, so pretty much, we're there. If it's a seven o'clock game, which is like what most during the week games and stuff, we have to be there at three 30 because yeah. the, the home team bet, um, does batting practice first. So that's generally obviously earlier. Um, and that's like an hour and a half. So we would do an hour and a half set from four to five fifteen, five thirty, 30. Um, and then we do like a 30 minute set for when the gates open before the first pitch. And then we play a song in between every inning in the middle of the inning before the Phillies come up only when the Phillies come up, never when the away team, it's all about the Phillies, obviously. So you're there for eight hours easily. And that's not including extra innings. So it worked out. I got them <laughs> where I wanted them. And then I, so I went home as after that meeting, as the official DJ, I was taking on every fucking every game. So I'm talking with Ray. I'm like, I'm stressed. What am I going to do about my other gigs? <laughs> Like I was sweating out. She, she was like trying to tell me like, yeah, it's, it's good. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Paulie calls me two days later <laughs> and I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> it's a good thing. You didn't have to like sign a contract or anything. Right. Right. I mean, we were getting to that cause you're a full blown employee. Like we have yeah. to clock in and everything. So, um, I told Paulie, I'm like, yes, I'm on board. So now I had these two jobs. Um, I set up another meeting with the Phillies and I had to tell them, I'm like, look, I, um, can you guys still hear me? Okay. Is it good? Yeah. Yeah. You're okay. Good. I set up the meeting. I was like, look, I was like, I told, cause I, I had already told them that, you know, any good DJ that is going to come in here, whether it was me or not, is going to tell you that it's going to be hard to do every single game. It's it might be just it's impossible. Right. So they were like, no, we understand that. So I was like, can I develop a team of guys that I trust? Um, you know, same caliber. It doesn't have to be the best nightclub DJ. You know what I mean? Just somebody well-rounded that, you know, obviously a big Phillies fan, love the sport, you know? Yeah. And they were like, we don't see that being a problem, but like how many games can you do? And I was like, oh no. Now that I'm full-time with Paulie, I was like, 
I'm not sure, but is that okay? So I talked them out of it, you know, at this point. So I got Scooter involved. Um, I'm not sure you know Hollywood uh, down here and three other guys. So I, we have, oh no, two other guys. So we have five guys total. So when the schedule comes out, uh, we pick all the home games. I, I, do all the, I do all the scheduling for the DJs when, when we're all available and it works perfectly. It's great. I've only done f- three games. <laughs> I've done the least. <laughs> Everyone has like 10 under their belt. <laughs> That's good though, man. It's, it's good. Yeah. You put on some of the homies yeah. and you're showing the Phillies that you obviously know what they're looking for and they're doing a good job. And like, yeah, I think it's a great, it actually worked out better for you. Right. I, it, I would imagine that's, it couldn't have worked out any better yeah. than it did, you know, cause they could have been, I think what I, what I, I mean, what I told them was look like anybody could sit in this seat and tell you that they're available, but that person that probably has the most availability is probably not the DJ that you want to do this anyway. Right. You know, it's, I mean, think about it. It's like anyone that's willing to take away whatever they had going on or they had nothing going on, you know, that would have been who you had. So I think this was the best and it it, it worked out. It's also one of those things where it's like, you need to hire the people that are responsible also. Cause you know, like we deal with a lot of DJs, not every DJ is, you know, business savvy and professional and can handle themselves in a corporate style environment, which you kind of need to have for that. Oh, it's totally, it's totally, you're right. It's totally a core group of guys that do tons of weddings. So they know how to be sufficient and on time and stuff like that. And they also do the nightclub stuff too. It's literally guys that just do it all. They're like, they're, they're well-seasoned veteran DJs that do anything and everything when, when available, you know? So it worked out really well. And of course, like you're not going to turn that gig down. It's fun. No, <laughs> I think that's like one of the coolest gigs you could have. But I, I also love baseball, yeah. so like that would be yeah, you do. like going yeah. to play for play, or play as a DJ for the Yankees would be like a dream for me. You know? Do they have one? I don't think they do. No, they 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 do, but I don't know if it's one person, and I don't know if they have that same person on every game. Okay. Um, I've only been to, I think one game this year. Like, so I have to, I'm going tonight actually. So I'll, I'll check oh, it out. We'll see if, yeah, we'll see if somebody's, somebody's Dude, playing. <laughs> Funny story about that. We're sitting, not a meeting. We're hanging out with uh, a bunch of guys from Tampa. We're in Tampa. Cream had a couple of gigs down there and we're like hanging out on a Sunday afternoon, just drinking some beers. And they're the Tampa Bay Rays official DJs. And he okay. just like flippantly goes, why don't you DJ for the Yankees? I'm like, well, that's not, sure. that, it's not that easy, <laughs> <laughs> but that's like, that was like, it just, it, it came into, into focus for like how big this guy thinks. And like, that's not really a big deal. Just go, right. just go DJ for the Yankees. <laughs> right, right. You know what, you know, what's funny too, about me getting the email. I don't know what they did to research to get yeah, like how they find email. you type thing. Yeah. You know, it's, I didn't bother ever asking that. I think that's kind of weird. Like, Hey, how'd you guys find out about me? I mean, I guess it's not super weird, but I always ask that question because Do I want to know, like, is it someone yeah, sure. else that recommended me? Did they just randomly come across my Instagram? Like it kind of lets you know what's working right. for you. You know, sure, like maybe right. my yeah. Instagram is on point and, and or they saw me on TikTok and they love my videos and yeah. no, good point. Yeah. No, you're right. I need you around more often. <laughs> no, yeah. Because point. Then you just lean into that stuff for like the next six months and yeah. see what else comes out of it. Yeah. Can't yeah, hurt to know. Those the, the the day games or the the Phillies games, they're long. When you're there, it's a long time. Yeah. It's a really long and it's super corporate. Like we have to uh we actually just got emails of like five different things to like take tests on. You have to watch these like 20 minute videos, like how like not to be uh how you are in the workplace, you know, to uh 
like micromanaging things or microaggression and like, you know, not worrying about race and equality and stuff. Like we had to, do, we like, we're like taking tests on this stuff. <laughs> we're like, yo, this stinks. Yeah. So you're a full on tests. employee. That's <laughs> corporate America. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's not for me. I saw these emails. I was like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> it brought me back to college because everyone's because there was like a due date. And I'm like, guess what? I'm doing it the day before. <laughs> it brought me right back to my roots in college. Man, so it, you wear, it, you know, obviously, um, anybody who's listening and is this far in, you wear a lot of different hats, obviously, you know, yeah. and, and, and you're you're balancing a ton of different things, but you also have a graphic design business as well. Which is like, I mean, you just sound like the busiest man in America at this point. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I was um, back in 2018 or 19. Honestly, Cream, I was whoever was doing your graphic stuff, your rundowns back in the day. I used to screenshot those and like try to emulate those. Seriously, what the video ones? <laughs> um, no, no, yes, yeah, but the actual what it looked like at the end result. You know, I remember, I remember taking screenshots when I really wanted to like. I like picked and choose what I thought was cool. And like when I was learning Photoshop, I needed some kind of like visual. Yeah. Well, kind of I like want to hope that it, they were my designs, but for, for <laughs> a while, I honestly, I don't, been. I don't know. I'll have to show you once I screenshot it. I'll yeah. show you. I was working with, or I, I forget what the name of the company was, but there was a company out of Miami that was doing a bunch of the, the motion graphics. And I just thought it, the, the style that they designed, like really fit my brand. And I was like paying pretty good money to get them done, but I felt like it was worth it because they, I always got good comments on them and like they were different and I thought they looked really cool. So I think it was that make it now media. Make it now maybe. media is exactly what it was. Yeah. See, I'm a nerd with this stuff now. Yeah. Like I do my research. They I do these. good. They do good work. But I've always been like, I always wanted to be like flash and dash on my social media, but like, and it was only just gig flyers where I was like using other people's creativity that I thought looked dope with my name on it and posting it. I'm like, I want to do my own. Yeah. A lot of these flyers would come out. And I'm like, these, these aren't good. I don't like them. You know? So I just started making my own over time. Obviously you start off and they look like crap, but you think they look okay. Um, but during the pandemic, I really like got into it. Um, doing my own stuff that just to, just to kind of keep busy and post things online because we didn't have obviously any content at gigs and people started at DJ started asking me like, yo, who's doing your stuff? And I'm like me, <laughs> like, I'm doing it. So I started charging people a little bit. And then I, now I have like retainers with venues and stuff like that uh, where I have deadlines um, it's kind of wild. I, I do pretty well with it now. There's a space for that stuff. Like people yeah. need this stuff. Yeah. And I think where I, where I excel a little bit over like guys that would obviously do a better job than me, or, you know, they excel at what they do. They're busy and they're way too busy. So maybe I get some kind of, you know, push or kickback, you know, when they reach out to me because they need something quick. Am I, I'm not super busy, but I'm busier now than I ever was before to where my, uh, my, what am I trying to say? Within 24 hours, you're getting it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, See, that's it, really important though, because not all the designers are like that. And I think having that quick turnaround, like turnaround. Gary and I, the same thing, <laughs> we want to work with photographers that can turn yeah. our photos around really quickly because it's like, all right, we just went, we just did this show with this big thing. We want to like put it out there. But at the same time, we have three, four, five new gigs and cool stuff that we also need to do. So it's like, right. you, there's a very small window of yeah. of time for for you to promote and 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 recap things so that that yeah. quick turnaround is is super important are I, you I actually you. designing everything or are you like are you uh yeah. subbing it out no it's all me 
It's literally all me. I don't know anybody else that has the availability to do it, you know? And this is why, that's why I do it. Cause I don't really know anybody that could be very accessible. You know, I know guys that make stuff, but like they have their own companies. Yeah. So if I'm reaching out to them, I know they're busy. You know, if I'm busy, I know they're busy. Yeah. So it's tough in that regard. Um, but literally it, it's crazy because it's, I'm so busy with it for the, for the most part. I mean, I don't have anything today per se, you know, but like Mondays, forget about it. When I'm on the road in the hotel, I'm, I'm getting flyers done. You know, there, I don't really have office hours for myself. I don't wake up and do eight to six, you know, like here's my office hours. If you reach, reach out to me at six 30, I'm getting to it the next day. No, if I'm available and I'm home chilling, like I'm doing, I'm right next to Ray on the couch, yeah. <laughs> my fiance, you know? So there's really, it's kind of like all over the place. It's at like your beck and call. I'm always on call with that stuff. It's, it's funny. Like we have, we've had a number, however many guests over the, all the episodes we've done. And it's like, since pandemic, every person that is successful and doing something, number one, they created a, a, another form of income during the pandemic. Sure. And number two, it's something that like is related to DJing, but not actually DJing. And right. I think that's so dope to see. And yeah. there's a reason why you're successful. And there's a reason why you're now on tour with Pauly. And like, it's because of that just, just just says a lot about like your work ethic, you know? I I don't like to be bored. I don't, I'm not a big TV watcher, man. So like we just said, if we're off on a Friday, we're like, we like go nuts. We can't stand it during the pandemic. I'm like, I need to keep doing something. I have to, I got to find something to do. This is ridiculous. I think I made like 20 mix, like mixtapes <laughs> on SoundCloud during yeah, the pandemic, you know, like I did like a full eighties mix. I did a whole nineties mix. I did, you know, whatever. Like I had so many, I just wanted to keep doing shit and graphic design was one of them as well so yeah i need to keep busy bro like you guys too you guys are super busy you guys are always doing something yeah but it's cool it's like now it's gonna time. kill us one day but we are <laughs> we are always doing something Facts. but no now's the time now's the time i don't want to be 50 and be like i could have done all that in my 30s yeah you know i look so, at it like this too it's like not that like, I don't know if this is the right term, but like when you have the spotlight or at least you're, you create a name for yourself in a certain space, I think yeah. there's only a set number of years or time that you can be relevant and be near the top of that world. So it's like, when you're there, you have to take full advantage and do as much as you can to stay there because there's a hundred guys or girls that are trying to either take your spot or jump you. And like, there are only so many spots. So but I, but you, you have to be busy. But you've worked to, to be in that spotlight. So it, it should come easy to you because you didn't shit like your work ethic brought you to that. So it's not going to be hard to just to keep it going because you did it to begin with to even get yourself there. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? It's like, you don't see it that way, but it's just based off of how you go about every day, get staying busy. Yeah. You know, but no, you're right. There is a relevant, I always feel like we got to be relevant now. We're not the youngest generation anymore, you know? And the young guys motivate really me. Really sad. They yeah, motivate me. Yeah. Like they they make me like go hard because yeah. I see them doing what they do and it motivates me. It's great. It's great to see. I love it. Do you guys hear like a piece of you and these other DJs that you guys come up that, that come up under you guys? Like yeah. Like, oh, like I see you got that for me a little bit. <laughs> no, I think it's I great think seeing any of that stuff. Just like yeah. any way that Gary and I can help the guys do something, yeah. whatever it might be. I always feel really, really good about that. Yeah, I can never get to your meetups too, which sucks, but I, I think know, those more, are super cool. 
more on the business end with our, our, our guys on the come up. Like, I think that's what we try to impart the most um, because yeah. the, DJ, the DJ part of the artistry part of DJing, I feel like that's so personal. That's so for that, yeah. for that individual. Yeah. You, you go and do you on that end. I'm not going to tell you how to do your job there. Right. Right. But I will tell you how to get booked back at the place and how to get a second look or, you know, meet somebody or whatever it might be on the business end. And I think yeah, that's, you guys have, yeah, you guys have a great mentorship up there. Like the way you guys handle it, it's like incredible. Like it needs to be out here. I think when you guys had, uh, uh, when Nico sat down with you guys, the last meetup, you know, he was talking about how you guys have it so good up, how you guys do it is so nice and molded well up there that Philly lacks that. Philly is a very like, how can I just get to the gig? Yeah. How can I get, how can I get booked here? You know, it's not a lot of people mentor other people, but it's very clicky in that regard. That's how it was here too, though. So Gary and I went through it. Well, we went through it and we dealt with it trying to get booked when we were making our way up. So, so Cream's parents are teachers. I was a teacher. So it just, this is just a natural progression of things. (laughs) Fair, fair. (laughs) Leaders. I like it. (laughs) Nice. So, all right. So something that we, this might be rant time now. So something, something that has been bothering me and it's something that I've been wanting to talk about on the pod for the last couple episodes is we deal with so many venues and so many owners. And there are so many venues that to me, like they don't care and they don't try hard enough. And I know how hard I work and they want us to work for them, but they're not working for themselves. And it drives me absolutely crazy. Like, how do you expect to be successful if you don't want to be present in your business and you don't want to be there to help mold it and help coach the, the, your staff and teach your staff how to do things the right way. It's like, I want to go to some of them and be like, yo, here's all the things that you're doing wrong. And this is why your party's not doing as well as it used to be, or this is why you're not making money. And like, I don't want to hear it when you come to me and be like, cream, yo, this party's not doing as well. And I want to be like, well, you're not doing anything to make it do well. So like, what do you want from me? I don't know. (laughs) I mean, that shouldn't even be an argument. (laughs) Like, you know why, like, you know, the answer to your argument, you know? Uh, No, I, it's, I see it a lot, like a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, Like even at a recent venue I played at, like, I'm like, yo, where's the flyer? You know, where's this? Like, you're behind on this because this party has kind of already kind of been happening. And I don't want to, I'm so skating around it. Cause I don't want to, you know, <laughs> yeah, we don't want to throw anybody under the bus. <laughs> it, might not even, it might not even make sense to you guys how I'm trying to describe it, but you know, we care so much to promote ourselves and like the venue and stuff, because we know the potential or how much fun it is or could be. And you, you do so much more than they do. And you're just there to DJ, you know, like I do it so much for these venues because I love making the graphic stuff. I love, if I had a video of a recap of the last time I was there, guess what? I'm making a whole thing with it for the next time. And like, you're not going to repost it. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It's, it's little things like that. I mean, I'm not sure if this is exactly what you're talking about. No, that's definitely part of it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But even when you're there, it's like, why didn't anybody promote this? I mean, this is how I see, I see it from a promotional aspect where they're trying to draw a crowd or like maybe the crowd kind of diminished over the years. It's like, don't you want this to succeed? It's like your whole business, dude. Like we yeah. want it to fucking, we want it to succeed. We want to rock out here, you know, but I mean, that's the sense that I see it at. It's a lot of little things that add up to create the problem. You know, it's a yeah. lot of little things that change or are, you know, aren't addressed 
or it's something that like the manager over oversees and doesn't think about that I'm thinking about. If I'm yeah. thinking about it, how is your manager not thinking about it? You're overqualified for your role. <laughs> You're just overqualified. You need you guys have such a good mindset that there's you can literally run the whole probably a whole entire venue while you're DJing. <laughs> the, the frustrating like the frustrating part really comes when the micromanagement comes in parts of the business that don't need to be addressed. And you see yeah. that time and time again. You yeah. know, and it's it's like, well, why are you focusing on I'm playing 20 minutes of hip hop when like you guys don't have a social media presence? You know, you're yeah. Your door yeah. could be better. You have um, 20 people that are on staff that haven't reposted or posted the flyer for the night. Like it's just little things. Little like yeah, we have that shit. Yeah, dude. We have we have VIP hosts out here that you know think they own the place too, you know, to each their own. Cool, you know. But um it's just like, why don't you focus on what you're doing and then I'll do what I'm doing, you know? Like right. there should never be a space where a VIP host is telling me what I should be playing, you know, like your tables are here, right? And if they're not, then you need to work on how they're, how they're filled. You yeah. know, things like that. Um, I see that too. And this is all kind of like the same venue. I'll, I'll explain all this after we're up on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be like, ah, okay. Yeah, all but, good. We don't want to get you in trouble out here. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> I'll still be there and play. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's super frustrating, isn't it? It's like you could you see so much other you see so many other things that are just not happening and there's nothing you can really do about it or else you're like almost an asshole for bringing it up. Yeah. Realistically, we've all been in the game so long. Like it's, you know, when we, when we first started out or the first five years of even starting out, you don't think of a lot of these things and then just being around for so long, you just know what kind of works and what doesn't work. And, and that's where, you know, I don't want to say our ego, but that's where. No experience. That's, that's, that's where we always want to be like, yeah, yeah, so I want to insert my thoughts into this. We're in the center of the room. You see it all, you know? Yeah, yeah for it's, sure. Uh, people, now's in nightlife, now's the best time than ever to even get a job in nightlife. It's so easy just in general, I feel. Correct me if I'm wrong, but to get a VIP hosting position or a bartending job, I feel like it's easier now than it ever was. You know, so maybe some of these people that are working just like aren't qualified yet. They're just able to just get thrown in the mix and be like, Hey, make it work. Yeah. You know? A lot of times it just comes down to, you know, it's a young man's game or young woman's game. Number one. Sure. Mm -hmm. So that lack of experience is part of it. Yeah. Um, but also like, you know, as you get older, like you expect to get paid more. And a lot of times at the end of the day at these venues, their bottom line seems to be so small that like they can't pay up for somebody who's 35 years old and been in the game for 15 <laughs> years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a snowball's effect. Yeah. I think yeah, it's, it's top down true. leadership, you know, like if the owner's not leading the cause, if they don't have a strong manager, then that's on you. It's your business. You know, like if you don't, if you can't afford to hire a manager who can do the job properly, then you should do the job. And if you don't want to do the job, then you shouldn't own the business. Like right. that's, right. that's how I look at it. I don't know. Right. Right. <laughs> I don't know. All right. I so. Mean, what? Go no, ahead. no, go ahead. No, no, it's fine. No, it's okay. I was going to jump all day. We're, we're going <laughs> to yeah, do, no, we're going to do a couple quick hitters like we always do with our guests. Oh, cool, um, okay. So, you know, sentence or two, couple, couple sentences on each one. So sure. um, what advice would you give a DJ looking to break into the industry right now? Um, obviously they're all going to be cliche, but be out and about, show your face, 
it's, it's weird to throw an email out that want to work. So why don't you just like pin them in the, you know, corner them in their own job where they can't run or hide, you know, um, show how hungry you are to these DJs. Every DJ wants to hear who another DJ is for maybe any opportunity. So showing face is incredible. It still sticks to this day. Yeah. That'll always be the thing. Obviously networking is a broad term, but it's like, if you're at home in people's DMS, good luck, dude, you know, there's just no shot. It's the lazy way is how I look yeah. at it. I, I still think as a young DJ, go in and say you'd open up for free. You know, some of the yeah. best DJ, some of the best DJs can open up a room good. You know, if you can know how to open up a room well, then obviously you can rock out most of the night, you would imagine. So I, I used to do it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I did it, man. Um, I think that's super important. All right. Next home. one. Is there uh, a failure that really stands out that helped you become more successful? Um, a failure. Um, it, it doesn't wow. even have to be something big. It know. can be like a, like yeah. a slight or just something that kind of motivated you to take the next step. Let's say. Um, I was always following other, I was always guided with following other people and, and like their path. And if it matched up with how I wanted to go th do things, like I think not asking, I didn't ask enough questions to people that I looked up to when I was able to, I could have, op I'm a little introverted in that regard. I don't want to like feel like I'm, you know, Being annoying, out, right? Yeah. I was always like that. And that's, and that kind of goes hand in hand with the networking showing up to these places. Like, yeah, I want to be here but I don't want to go and show you like that. I want to be here. Right, <laughs> like yeah. how can I just like hang out with you? But like, yo, I want your gig, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fine but, line to, to walk, right? Yeah. Yeah. It really is. But yeah, not asking enough questions to people I really looked up to instead of, you know, I wasn't really upfront and I feel like I missed out on some opportunities just because I didn't say anything, you know? <laughs> I think now's a little easier than ever. Sorry, Cream, to make this not a quick hitter. No, you're good. Now, now's, a little, <laughs> now's a little easier than ever that you don't have to hit up a DJ for a gig. You can just hit them up on, on DM and ask them questions. I've had sure. DJs do this Same. and just like impart any kind of knowledge you can to the, this, this DJ who has these questions. I'm like, how do I get into the market? How, how do you, how should I go get this bar gig? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. and, and DJs are going to hit you back because they're just going to use their experience to, to yeah. help, help out young guys. I hope they do at least. That's the thing. It's like, you know, I've always answered those questions, but I like to think that the people that I would wind up asking are like verified, have hundreds and thousands of, you know, followers. I'm like, they're not going to freaking respond to me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> had this been a long time ago, but yeah, I've always responded to those DMs and stuff. If anybody feels they even want to get my advice, there's no reason for me to not to give it to them, you know? Right. Yeah. I so. like that. I, I kind of think the same way. I think that's a yeah. good way to to look at those. Yeah. All right. Last one. What is your biggest challenge right now? Sleep. <laughs> <laughs> that might be mine too. <laughs> it, it, it's funny. You, you, I see the calendar come up because we just share a Google calendar and like I can refresh it right now. And there'll be dates filled up for Polly. And I'm looking, I'm like, how the fuck are we making that happen? Like, how are we making that work? Um, no, um, that's be. Yeah. I mean, besides that, um, honestly, what's hard right now is keeping up with what I was already doing before going out on the road and making sure like, I don't fall off with that, the graphic stuff. I'm still on the radio. I'm still on Q102. So I have two mix shows a week. I'm actually on the radio in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do a throwback, uh, during rush hour for a half hour. 
Nice. Throw back next, for throwback Thursday. But yeah, I do that. I do two shows a week. So I need to keep a balance with all that. And so that's super challenging. I don't want just the, my life to revolve around doing the poly shows. If anything, that's just like another job that I took on, you know? Yeah. So just not falling complacent and just keeping it moving with everything that I'm still doing. So it's so far so good. <laughs> nice. So. All right. La- last thing. And then we'll sure. let you go. Okay. Um, a little segment we started a couple weeks back. What are you listening to right now? Oh God. Um, like, is there, a, is there an album? Is there I was like, yeah. so a I DJ? Just listened, yeah. So I just listened to the latest Drake album, obviously. Um, which I get albums from record labels all the time. And it's so hard for me to sit and listen to them. Um, but I did listen to that. Cause I'm like, everyone's talking about it on social media, obviously, but uh, I mean, I'm not listening to Drake all the time, but I love, I still go back to my Spotify and listen. I love eighties. I'm, I'm a huge kiss fan. Uh, if you guys don't already know that. Um, so I love that hair metal, those hair metal days. Like it just takes me to like, that's my freaking Zen. <laughs> it really is like Metallica, Skid Row, CKY, you know, uh, all that stuff. Cause I've, I've played guitar since I was 11. Um, so I've always been musically inclined with that stuff. So like, I always like that style. So like, that's kind of like my get away from the club and I'm listening yeah. to that stuff, you know, but like I said, with the tech stuff, I'm always trying to hear new tech house and stuff now i've been hearing these vegas djs before we go on with paulie and like these guys fucking crush dude like crush like i don't even want to go on <laughs> i'm like yo keep playing dude I mean, you guys, <laughs> like you guys you guys crush with that stuff too you guys are always in the know with it with all the house music and stuff too and i don't get a chance to get up there enough um but that stuff too i try to like stay updated you know i i, I hate feeling like i'm falling behind with music yeah. so i'll listen to any I'll dip into anything that I feel like I could play out to. So there's like, it's, it's, it's a weird, like rock music, but go back to like what I would try to listen to in the club and stuff. So, yeah. Fair. Yeah. I do the yeah. same thing. I'm the same way. I, I need, I need balance when it comes to my yeah. musical intake. Cause yeah. if not, I go nuts with just all the club stuff. Yeah. It's too much. I, I hear, obviously I hear my own sets enough. So it's like, how can I hear other stuff that other people are playing out that I wouldn't even think of doing? Yeah. So I try to do that research. I'm not listening. Do you guys still listen to like a lot of DJ mixes when you guys are like the downtime and the car ride or anything like that? I listen to our get down radio. So like we'll sure. put one out every month and I'll, I'll listen to that at the gym. Okay. I was, I listen to our guys stuff just because I don't, we don't get to go hear them play as much. So it's nice to hear like what they're into at the moment. Right. That's, those are the only mixes I'm really listening to, to be honest. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I have mixes for days on my SoundCloud. I just hit a million. I hit a million listens like three months ago. Kind of, kind of sick. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. They verified me and I didn't even asked for it. They verified me. So I'm, <laughs> but I'm always posting my radio mixes, um, my Q and two stuff because I nice. don't want them to just go to waste. Yeah. If you're making know? them, you might as well put them out. Right. You know, what's funny. I started making them for my SoundCloud, not even for the radio. Cause I know I'm going to post them. Like I'm literally thinking like, I need to change it up for my SoundCloud. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to iHeartRadio million listens yeah, a weekend. Geez. Yeah. It's, it's, it's wild. It's a wild mindset. But, that right, blue that, check is nice. Right. Is, right. I need it on Instagram now. It doesn't look as good on SoundCloud. It doesn't seem <laughs> as like, <laughs> All right, man. Nine. We appreciate you. Thanks so much. This is a great convo. This was really yeah, fun. Yeah. It's like us just hanging out at the club. So this was fun. Yeah, um, real. No, thank we'll you put, so much. We'll put all your links for everything in the show notes, but is there anything else you want to promo or let people know about or where to check you out? No, I mean, come see us. I mean, the Pauly show is a lot of fun. All you do is got to hit me up. 
I mean, get yourself there. I take care of the rest. It's that easy. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you got people hit you up all day now. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll pick and choose. <laughs> <laughs> No. All right, man. Nine. Appreciate you. Thanks for jumping on with us. Uh, of course, guys. And guys, thanks for listening to this episode of The Get Down. Cream. Gary Debbie. My man, Nine. Peace, guys. <laughs> Later. <laughs>